about to start the Bible study. Before we start, let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you because of this opportunity. We are grateful. We ask, O oh God, that um, you teach us your word as we want to look into this thing in Jesus' name. Amen. And there will be an expression of your grace even in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For the past three weeks now, we have been looking at the book of Philemon. We have been looking at the book of Philemon. We have been looking at the book of Philemon. And today we are still going to continue. Obviously, we may not be able to finish today, but we are going to look at some um, headings today. And God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, we will first look at mutual Christian mutual respect as portrayed in the book of Philemon, Paul's letter to brother Philemon. And then we are going to look at church in the house, church in the house or church at home. And then we are going to look at a discipleship model that can be found in the relationship between Philemon and Apostle Paul. And I pray God of us in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we are going to open to the book of Philemon. Still the same book of Philemon, verse 12 and 15. Philemon, verse 12 and 15. Philemon from verse 12 to 15. Philemon verse 12 to 15. Okay. Okay. I am sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here with me while I am with thee. While I am in these chains. For preaching the good news and he would have helped me on your behalf but I didn't want to do anything without your consent I want you to help because you were willing not you were willing not because you were forced verse 15 it seems you lost on Simmons for a little while so that you could have him back forever Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This same verse we have looked at it when we are looking at intercession and we have looked at it when we are looking at appeal of love. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But I still want us to look at it in the light of these things that Apostle Paul did. You see what is happening here. Of course, Philemon had run away and when Philemon came to Apostle Paul, you discover that Apostle Paul became a father to Philemon, which means Apostle Paul led Philemon 
to Christ, and as Apostle Paul led Philemon to Christ, you discover that he gave his life to Christ, and Apostle Paul felt this person is so so needed in my ministry. This person is so so needed needed in my ministry. So Apostle Paul wanted to carry him. Apostle Paul wanted to um, ensure that uh, he carries along with him as if he continues in his ministry. But Apostle Paul gave a consideration to Philemon that, okay, Philemon is the legal owner of Onesimus. Although there is a great need for Onesimus in the ministry of Paul, but Philemon is the legal owner of Onesimus. Even though Philemon is a son in the Lord, even though Philemon is kind of lower in the knowledge of the Lord to Paul, there is this concept of respect that there is this concept of respect that Paul taught us now an either an elderly Christian or a younger Christian should respect the fellow Christian. Now you see that fine. What is respect? I live in an African generation where the way we measure respect is how uh, if you are younger, you have to bend when you when you are you prostrate when you are greeting elders. There's, there's nothing wrong in it in our culture. If that's if that's our culture. You have to prostrate, bend, and you know in Yoruba when you are addressing somebody that is. Um, that is younger than you or if your mate use all for that person and when you are addressing someone that is older than you you use air like you are talking to more than one person and in fact in some um, in some churches you know when we sing eh, Obama, they say no 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 it looks like you are talking to too much uh, two two or three gods but you say you should say oh share of baba because it's one god like that that's where it came from because people say she baba are trying to respect god because they believe god is older than them that's the culture and it has its own advantages and it has its own disadvantages and then we go to uh, the evil land where they don't care they don't care uh, I, I, I serve in the east and when I was when I went to meet the king, I just prostrated. Sorry, I didn't prostrate. I just uh, stretched my hand, shook with the king, and went to sit down on the chair. That's not possible in Yoruba land. You are supposed to respect the king by prostrating, and your chin will be touching the ground. And then we go to the, uh, the to the west, where uh, all those things are not even respected. Fine, that's the first thing. And then you now come back. You see that we we find a way to import, particularly the Yoruba people, we find a way to import this good culture from Yoruba to Christianity. And so we think respect is limited to when we do eh, 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 and or when we brand people with titles. 
Praise the Lord. There are people today that the way they see respect, them people respecting them, is if you call them pastor, if you call them a bishop, you know, people cannot knock the door of a house and say, who, that they will say, who is there? And you mention your name. No, you say, you say it's bishop this. Well, I'm not saying it's wrong to do that. If they know you as that person, fine, you can't do that. But all those things also don't give us a true example of respect. The way we import this, uh, this, this thing into Christianity makes Christianity emulatable. In fact, Muslims have begun to do some things we do. You know, we started this brother, everybody's brother, someone that is old, very, very old. We call him somebody that is very young, bro, 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 everybody's brother. And you know, very soon, uh, uh, without much time, you see uh, the Muslims also calling their people, bro, 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 bro. But this is not respect. Respect is actually recognizing the rights, the wants, the need of the other person, the legitimate rights, legitimate need of the other person. Not overlooking the legitimate need of the other person. I still cite this example. I remember when I was sad. I, 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 of course, I served in Enugu, and I, which is a Eastland, and when I'm just going, once I see elder, elderly people, I will just pass, say something like story loud, and bend. So as I go and check the person I'm looking for, I come back and say, excuse me, sir, I didn't meet the person I'm looking for. They say, eh, Chebi, you passed in front of me. You did not greet me. <clears throat> and I'll be like, sir, I bend now. You say, eh? What is bending? You are doing drama now. Bending is nothing. I said something. You didn't say anything. I saw you bend, and I don't understand what bending means. Which means, what he is telling me is that, as a, as a visitor in that environment, I saw him, I did not recognize that he is there. I just passed. Now, as I did not recognize that he is there, I cannot come back to ask any question from him. That's a very, very shaky example of how to define respect. You see, this man here, he has a need, but there is this another brother who is there. He is the legal owner of Onsimos. And so, because he's the legal owner of Onsimo, though by, uh, by father, because that guy was useless when he was living on Simons, but yes, uh, when he got to Paul, he became useful. Paul had to respect him by sending him back. If Paul did not send Onsimos back, if Paul even sent a letter, to Onsimos, to, uh, to Philemon, and say, Brother Philemon, I have converted uh, Brother Philemon, Onsimos, uh, to uh, my servant here in my ministry. It would have been lack of respect on the part of Paul. Even though Onsimos um, seems to be younger. Simon sings, of course, Paul said it there that I am an elder to you. 
So even though Onesimus, even though Philemon seems to be younger, you discover that it will still be lack of respect. Because in Christianity, we have to understand the behavioral ethics of Christianity. I've seen a whole lot of things. I see a whole lot of people, whether younger or, uh, uh, or older, you see people doing, taking people for granted. You see young people taking elders for granted. You see elders taking young people for, for granted. And you know, it looks like the other person that is taking for granted is proud. But it's not proud. It's not pride. You want to, you want to get into a relationship. And there is a father over your life. There's a father over your life. That father over your life has been sitting there doing something, doing something about nurturing you. And then you just want to get into a relationship. You just get into a relationship. You start a relationship. After six months, you come and tell your daddy in the Lord that daddy, I am into, I have entered into relationship. You have taken that man of God, you have taken him for granted. You want to use a brother's car. And because he's a church member and he has given you rights to always uh, to always and then you just you just go to his house pick this pick the key and drive off without giving him giving him a call and if you are as you are going if he has problem you bring it home and then if brother Labaja complains he looks like is this brother born again at all no he's born again it is you that is actually Taking him for granted. You, you see, we also see this in the life of um, in the life of Ruth. In the book of Ruth, chapter three, from verse um, verse twelve to four, verse six. My brother, just read, start reading that place. You see something that Boaz did here, and then we we'll explain with Leviticus, verse um, verse Ruth chapter three, yes. from verse twelve. That's true. But while it's true that I am one of your family redeemers. There is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Stay here tonight, and in the morning I will talk to him if he, will, if he is willing to redeem you. Very well, let him marry you. But if he is not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Now, lie down here until morning. Please jump to verse 4. Chapter 4. Chapter 4. Verse 1. Boaz went to the town gate and took a seat there. Just then, the family redeemer he had mentioned came by. So, Boaz called out to him, Come over here and sit down, friend. I want to talk to you. So they sat down together. Then Boaz called ten leaders from the town and asked them to sit as witnesses. And Boaz said to the family redeemer, You know Naomi, who came back from Moab. She is selling the land that belongs to our relative, Elimelech. Verse 4. That I thought I should speak to you about it. So that you can redeem it if you wish. If you want the land, then buy it here in the presence of these witnesses. But if you don't want it, let me know right away because I am next in line to redeem it after you. The man replied, All right, I'll redeem it. 
Deborah told him, Of course, your purchase of the land from Naomi also requires that you marry Ruth, the Moabite, the Moabite with widow. That way she can have children who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land and the family. Then I can't redeem it. The family redeemer replied, Because this might endanger my own estate. You redeem the land, I cannot do it. Verse 7. Now, in those days, it was the custom in Israel. That's enough. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, there's a, there is a cultural issue in Israel here. What happened is that when God, when it, God was raising the children of Israel, God told them that, first, I always want, I don't want people inheritance to just go away like that. So, if, if you read through the book of uh, Leviticus chapter 25, verse 23 to 26, because of that time we were not reading, God said that if somebody wants to sell a land, that God does not approve that this land was given to you by your father. God does not approve it that you should sell that land. But when you come into economic problem, in fact, a version Bible says when you fall in, when a person falls into poverty and he needs to sell his land, it should be, it should be noted that it is a, a kinsman nearer that he should sell the land to, so that that land should be able to come back to the family. And in fact, that is what um, uh, this uh, that was what uh, there's this king Aha. When he wanted to buy land from one, I've forgotten the name of that man, when he said the Lord forbade it. When he was saying the Lord forbade it, it means that God forbid me to sell the land that my father gave to me. Now, as he said, as, as that being said, you see here that the person that, that that land will be sold to will be somebody that is the closest to the family. Very close to the family. Now you see, um, you see, Elimelech had died. Naomi and uh, Ruth had fallen into poverty. They needed to sell their land. Now, when they sell their land, they'll be able to at least live in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in with the with the money a little bit. Now, as they do that, they should sell it to a kinsman nearer. And now that land comes with a, a parcel, which is the wife. Now, the person that should first do that is this kinsman Nyara that we're not given the name. But both Ruth, Naomi, Boaz, wanted the land to be, to be for, for, for Boaz. They wanted, because if the land is for Boaz, Ruth will be able to marry Boaz. Naomi wanted to marry, uh, wanted Ruth to marry Boaz. Ruth wanted to marry Boaz. Boaz wanted to marry Ruth. Boaz wanted to continue the estate of his brother, Elimelech. But there is someone who should be respected. And so, Boaz did something. He, he, like, like you said, what you say, well, like, let us fulfill all righteousness. And you see Boaz here trying to say, okay, fine, there is a kinsman near us. If Boaz had married Ruth like that, without getting the consent of the kinsman near that would have been disrespect, lack of respect 
told that man. A very good, very good example that a very good example of what we do in Christianity that is very wrong. You see, you want to go and sleep in a brother's in a, in a family's house. You told the husband, you didn't tell the wife. The husband did not also tell the wife. And then by nine o'clock, you just showed up. And then, unfortunately, even daddy is not back. And then you went out. And uh, you said, uh, uh, okay, please, um, I want to sleep in the house. That's lack of respect. It is just lack of respect. And I pray God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as Christians, we should always learn from what Paul did here by paying cognizance. So, who should be paid cognizance to? Not taking for granted each other. And it's a very, very, we should not take, we should not, you know, when, when you take people for granted, actually what you do is that you test their humility. Like, huh? And you press them hard. You, you, students, students will just enter like this. They will just see someone's clothes and they will just wear it. They will just wear it and then they will go. Without asking the person. You enter in those people's uh, kitchen, pick their food, and just eat it. It's lack of respect. It's not. It's nothing but lack of respect. I pray God bless in Jesus' name. Amen. Then the next thing that we really want to talk to talk about is what I call church at home. Church at home, and we we'll still find this in the book of uh, Philemon, verse one and two. Philemon, verse one. And two. My brother, I open to Philemon verse 1 and 2. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To the church in your house. This is one thing I want to highlight today. Church in the house. You discover that all over the scriptures, in the apostolic time, because we are all praying for an apostolic generation, and so we must watch, we must take note. What are the features of this apostolic time? How do they do their things? You discover that one of the basic, basic quality of the apostolic church is called the church in the house. Now, what do I mean by the church in the house? It means that their churches are organized not in big buildings, but in houses. Which means, 
three families joined together in a neighborhood. Another name we can, we can give it is called Church in the Neighborhood. In a neighborhood. And as they do that, you see a whole lot of advantages are there. Now let's look at it very well. I am not against church buildings. No. We are not against church building. There is nothing wrong with church building. Church building is came with a particular move of God. When people needed to hear the gospel in mass and, and, and there is a need for a large place to be built. And so people came around. And so for anybody to come up, come up and say people who are building churches are, are not doing the will of God, that person will be talking against a particular move of God. And that's not what I want to achieve today. Why it is good to be to be build big cathedrals? Why it is good to 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 spend money on expensive church projects if that is not the core of a ministry? It is it should be noted that the qualities of church at all should not be thrown away. And this is what I see. While we are building big, big churches, the qualities of the church as whole has been lost. And so you see the church has become a place where people cannot identify themselves with, although they go to church. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You see that uh, even in history, not until 235 AD, there was no mention of a church. There was no mention of a church named as a building. There, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. There was, no, there, there, was no, there was no church that, oh, this building is called church. Even that place that was, that, that was in 1865 or 1835, I, 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 I'm not sure what my statistics are. Even that place eh, was a house. That place was a house that was rented only for a church. Church buildings began to come around at about um, the year that uh, Constantine became the emperor of uh, Rome and then he he, he, he legalized Christianity. That was when church buildings began to come. And you see, in, in, even in the New Testament, there was nothing like church buildings. When we talk about church, you talk about, uh, uh, you talk about saints of God. The meaning of ecclesia is the assembly of saints of God. That's what church means. Assembly of saints of God. So church is not about the building at any time. Although the building accompanying a church is not wrong. But the church is not about the building, but about the saints. And when the Bible said, on this rock will I build my church, it doesn't mean a particular rock. It means on, the, on these principles where the people who are my people will be called my people. On, the, 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 on this rock that I build my church. So, it is not about a particular building or not. No. And so, you see here that the major challenge that we have here is that 
we have put more, much of our attention on church, on the building, and the people are lacking. And so we need, you know, I, I like to share a very, very good example of, of a church I know very well that, that they did really well. It's, it's Latarine. I remember when I just finished serving them, Latarine, I started to start attending Latarine. Latarine, you know, it's a very big church. Very, very big church. And my brother was also attending another church. I won't mention the name of the church. He's been attending that church for the past like one, one or two years. And I went to Latarine one day. Very big church. And the pastor was not even there, the minister. The pastor, the pastor was not around to minister and, and so And then the next thing was that I got home and on Monday somebody from Latari came to see me in my house. Latari is, is in Ikeja and I am in Oshodi. And so even my brother was surprised. How did you spot this one person that just came to your church for the first time? And that's, that's not the end. I was invited to a smaller house fellowship where I can have interaction with somebody who is more experienced in Christ. And then, and I told them, I said, well, I just visited Latari. I don't know whether I can continue because I don't have a job, I don't have anything. So I don't know if I can be going to church. They said, there's no problem. If you want to go to church, there's no problem. All you just need to do is that they attach a brother to me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So they attached a brother to me. That brother will carry me in his car to church on Sunday. Anytime I want to go to church, all I will do is go to his house and then come by. Go, we go to church and we came back. You see that my needs there. I remember that was before I went to South. And so as I went to South, I told them I needed a job. As I went to South in Enugu, they kept on calling me. I said, how are you? Have you gotten a job? We have an offer for you. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm still sad. That was a church. Very big church. Very, very big church. But that was a church that understands the need to meet individual needs. And you see, the problem of cathedral is that if we are not careful, it makes us focus on what is not really important. And so, I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying building cathedrals is bad. But while we build cathedrals, we must ensure that the advantages of home churches are not lost. And what are the advantages of home church? The first advantage of home church is that it makes discipleship easy. It makes discipleship easy. In home churches, in home churches or what you call home fellowships today, I'm not here to talk about home fellowship because most of what we do in home fellowship is not even... Uh, it's not, it's, not, it's not correct, but well, I'm not here to judge fellowship of, own fellowship of churches, but I'm just here to say the ideal apostolic setting so that anybody will plug into it. And I could go up in Jesus' name. So the first thing is that it helps us in discipleship process. Now, you see that what is discipleship? Discipleship is a process. When a young Christian is learning the theory and the practicality of the life of, in, and for Christ from an older Christian. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There are a whole lot of definitions for discipleship, and 
I, I agree with every definition, particularly the definitions that come from Peace House and Co. But this is my own understanding that discipleship is a process. When a young Christian is learning the theory and the practicality of the life of Christ, the life in Christ, and the life of Christ, the life of Christ from an older Christian. And discipleship is a necessary requirement in a Christian's life. I've discovered that Christianity is the only place where we give our life to Christ, we become Christian, we start professing Christ, and then we don't want to learn. Even the other religions, Islam starts to train their child on Islamic religion from where? From age what? Age age two, three, they take them to Lake. they start teaching them, they start teaching them, and today they have taught them best not how not to receive Jesus Christ. They do not have life in them, but they know their religion very well. Now, but someone gives his life to Christ, he starts going to, he starts going to church, and then as he starts to go to church, you discover that, boom, he has become a Christian and he's also preaching. Where did he learn the art of prayer from? Who did he learn the art of Bible study from? Who did he learn the art of how, how to manage a home from? So, you know, you discover that bricklayers, when you want to go into bricklaying, they attach you to a master. Someone who may not be perfect in bricklaying, but who has had a lot of experience, who understands the art of bricklaying, they attach that young person to him and he starts learning practically. He starts learning the theory and the practice. When he's going to work, he follows, he carries, he participates in carrying everything that needs to be carried. In, the pro, in that process, you see that that person is learning about bricklaying. Give him three years, he's a certified, complete bricklayer. Unfortunately for us, because of Western education, where somebody will bring a theory somewhere, he will bring that theory from somewhere, and then we'll come and teach it in this university, in this polytechnic or universities here, and then we don't know the person that taught it, we don't know how he practiced, whether he even practiced it, and then we just adopt it, and then we give the person a what? A certificate. You are now an engineer. And that's why we have engineers in Nigeria who cannot engineer a, a, a common a, a, you know engine of a car is better. A, you, professors of engineer, engineering that cannot repair generator. When they need uh, the, to repair generator, you now call that person that went through the discipleship in repair of generator. You now go and call him. He will now be telling you, sir, it is plug, it is carburetor, it is this, it is that. Why? Because you learned from Oyiboman that you did not see, you learned theory. You, you, in fact, you had, you had a excellence. And that's what we have, we have imported into, imported to Christianity. And we, we, we have started this Bible, Bible course. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. On, online, you say, we do it now, Abby. Online Bible course. Online this. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not, what am I to say it's bad? We do online uh, uh, discipleship class. And then after you do it, you bring certificates. 
and then you give to the person. The person does not have a one-on-one. Christianity is about life. It's about life. There is no one-on-one. You see, as, as a Christian, by, by God's grace, I've been a Christian for close to or over 20 years. And I can remember what I learned from fathers. Praise the Lord. Amen. I remember when I when I joined the system, discipleship system of, um, of, of Peace House, my disciple then was Rosonde Olayika in Abekuta. I would go to his house, not to come and learn Bible. If he likes, let him teach me Bible. That's his problem. Praise the Lord. Amen. Whether he teaches me Bible or not, I will sit and watch how a father deals with his children. Praise the Lord. Amen. I will sit and watch how a husband deals with his wife. And I do it with all my fathers. All my fathers. I get it. I remember even when I went to Enugu to serve there. There's one man, I've forgotten his name. Brother Ivaristos. I've forgotten his son, Brother Ivaristos. I chose him as a disciple when I, when I go there. I will just go to his house. Sit there and say, ah, my brother, we are not here. We are not sharing Bible. I said, hmm, I didn't come here to, to share Bible. By God's grace, I know Bible, I, I know little Bible, but I want to learn the practicality of Christian life. So I will watch, I will watch from that from, from that man's life. I will see how you relate with your wife. I will see, I will see how you how you relate with younger ones. How and so this are, I will also watch how people pray. How you pray. I have, I have, I have seen that uh, the Bible said men are uh, men ought to pray and not to faint. I have read that in the Bible, but I, there is no practical experience. But when I come close to somebody who understands that scripture and who knows how to apply it, praise the Lord. So who knows how to apply? It? Then I know. That okay, this is how to apply it. And if I am trying to apply it and I cannot apply it, what would happen? I will come back to him. Praise the Lord. And he said, Sir, I saw you do that. It wasn't what uh, Jesus and his disciples did. Eh? They saw Jesus pray. Is that what, what happened? They saw Jesus pray. They came the first time. The man is still praying. They went back. They came the second time and said, they came the third and they said, ah, yes, sir, please teach us how to pray. John taught his disciples how to pray. And Jesus now taught them the focus of prayer. Jesus gave that to them. Because they saw if they were not with if they were not with Jesus, if they were not, they will not see the practicality of a prayer person. Praise the Lord. So it's a it's 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 a model that is needed to and that's why I believe God allowed denominations. Praise the Lord. That's why I believe God allowed several churches so that we could break discipleship process into smaller churches. Pastors are supposed to be disciples, imparting the life of Christ. Praise the Lord. The only challenge is that pastors do not have any leaders, disciples, mentors. They don't have any other assignment to do in the life of their member, but to impact Christ in them. They are not, they are not there to make them rich. Good, if they teach them uh, principles of wealth, fine. They are not even there to help them get married. No, that's not their function. Their function is to help them master the life of Christ. My brother, you are holding an Android phone there. Is that not? 
your, your brand of phone, I think it's Samsung, is that what? When you first got your phone, did you, did you, were you able to master all, all the, all the things that I, in, in the phone? No. It took you, it took you, if I took you, some, somebody calling you and say, ah, bro. Okay. It took somebody. It took someone to say, ah, bro, eh, I remember there was one time my sister when she just uh, when she just started using WhatsApp and then she asked me, Colour day, what is what is the meaning when you send message? It gives you one uh, one mark, two mark, and it becomes blue. And you know, unfortunately. I didn't want to laugh, but I just first of all laughed. And she said, ah, with me really And I said, when it is one mark, it means it has gone. When it is two mark, it means it has gone to it has reached where it is going. When it becomes blue, it means that person has read it. First of all. And so you, you, you see that also, okay, don't worry, they have used it to laugh today. You cannot use it. That is learning practicality of a whole. Now, Christ that we have come to meet, he's so, he's so rich, praise the Lord. Christ, the Christ that we have come to meet is so wide, is so, is so extensive. And so, you cannot just say, I pick up the Bible and I just read and I learn. No. You have to be attached to somebody. Someone who has a track record in Christ, praise the Lord. Someone who has known the Lord, who is also who, who has a who has a good relationship with God, with Jesus, and then you begin to learn while you are developing your relationship with Jesus, begin to learn from Him also. And I put God us in Jesus' name. So you see that the process of house church fosters discipleship process. First the Lord. It helps, you know, it helps. You see, younger people, younger Christians are able to, to find elders they can attach their lives to. You know, I, I, I know, I know a, a, a pastor, of course, everybody knows, but the writer of this message Bible, Eugene Peterson, who said he will never pastor a church more than 200. You know, everybody knows A.B. Peterson's book today, The Message Bible. We all love it. But that man said, once his church members are growing more than 200, he will either leave the church or they break the church. Because he will not be able to disciple them. There is, there is a limit to what one man can disciple. Praise the Lord. So, while we are desiring for church growth, we must also desire for Christ's growth. Because we can have church growth without Christ's growth. And if we must have Christ's growth, while we are desiring church growth, church expansion, we must be sure that the process of discipleship, active discipleship, I come to Bible study because a lot of the time when we come to Bible study, we sleep. A lot of the time when we come to Bible study, we, our minds are not there. 
But you know, a young Christian needs a older Christian that will pick him up and say, uh, you, are, you are my disciple, and deliberately train him on matters pertaining to Christ. And I pray God help us in Jesus' name. So that's the first thing. That's the first advantage of church in the house or home church. The second advantage is that it helps in sporting leaders. Praise the Lord. I remember my father was not born again until he died, until he was about to die. He would go to Deeper Life then. Why? Because Deeper Life is very, very large. And they won't spot him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And then when Deeper Life started house fellowship, he ran away. Why? Because they would catch him in house fellowship. It was in house fellowship that, that uh, leaders are spotted. I like to tell you that the church in the house of uh, Philemon, that Philemon is not the pastor of that church. Can somebody guess who is the pastor of that church? Archippus. Praise the Lord. Archippus is the son of uh, Philemon. Although in the house, yes, sure, right? Although in the house of um, Philemon, Philemon is the head of the house. But the church that meets in the house of Philemon, Philemon is not the pastor. It is his son. And you see, and, 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 and you see, you see Paul talking to Archippus in uh, this book, what's the name of that book, the Col- Colossians, to tell Archippus that the ministry that is committed to your hand must not, work, must not suffer. What he's saying is that you are the end of the church in, in, in your house. And so it was not. So how were, were they able to spot Brother Archippus because of our church? You know, it, it, it helped us spot the talent or spot the qualities in young people and understand them. But on Iruba or Borowa, we don't really know. We don't know. We don't know the strength of people. So a lot of people are just lined up and it's people that are closer to the leadership that we pick. And so I pray God, God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So our church helps us in uh, uh, sporting leaders. You know, our church, our church is also good. It's, it's convenient. Praise the Lord. It's, it's a convenient. You know, most of the time, uh, when we say, ah, what you're looking for, if someone, God, if someone has got what you're looking for, you don't mind, you travel from here to Ibadan and you are going to Troy. Sincerely, it's not right. How can you travel from here to Ibadan? Travel from here to, to Songo and say you are going to church? Normally, the concept of church is that in the neighborhood, these the, streets, these streets now, and then, okay, fine, let's go to church. Then a family, a leader in that place will gather in the house and then we are leaving. That's what. So, so that there is, there is no ESA, you know, motto ESA. And there's no so if that the says what do we do? We shift the church from uh, from 
uh, one house to another, making the church very flexible and very, very what? Mobile. And I pray God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. And one of the most important feature of our church is openness and opportunity to heal and meet every need. I want somebody to help me open to Psalm 68. Psalm 68, verse 6. Psalm 68, verse 6. Now, this is very, very important. And, and, and any church that cannot meet this need is not a church. Psalm 68, verse 6. And the Bible said, God places the solitary in families and gives the desolate a hope in which to dwell. He leads prisoners out to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in patchland. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We are all individuals. And Paul said in the book of um, uh, Romans chapter 14, he said, we will not give account alone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But we are not supposed to run our races God places individuals in what? In families. Not just one family, but what? Families. And yes, we have the nuclear family where the head, the, the father, the mother, and what? And the children. God places that family there so that in, in, in forms of a, a, a social wise, a child, a father, the need of a father will be met, the need of mother will be met, and the need of children will be met. But I'm not talking about that now. But he also places us in families of churches where, where, where the, 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 man, the mandate of spiritual growth are in place. You see a whole lot of people struggling. But their church, they are too much in their church. They don't trust anybody. Because in, in, in whole churches like this, there is trust. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This brother, I know him very well. We grew together. So if he is uh, if he has problem, he actually knew when I when I fucked up. So and I know where he's from. So he's I can I cannot be hiding from him. I don't know if 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 you get what I'm trying to do now. He's a very very and this one uh, this one I know him very well. I can cry I can cry on his shoulder and and I know this one will take me as a family. So I will not be struggling with masturbation and I cannot tell the brother. I will. You, you see young girls in their offices. Young girls in their offices, their bosses their, their are, are, are trying to pressure them into sense of emotion, sense of favors, like that. And they, they cannot talk to anybody, anybody in the church. Because once they speak to anybody, and the church is too much, they are too large. But once they speak to any, anybody like this, it will be, be hard. You see all of us come to church. Church with plenty numbers. Sincerely, I'm not against plenty numbers. But if our plenty, I've, I've cited an example of, um, of Lateran Church now, that's plenty number, numbers and the need of individual person is too So I'm not against plenty numbers. But you see us dressing to church. We dress and we carry husband and wife, are carrying grudges. And they, they cannot talk to pastor because all families are smiling. We also have to walk, smile. You see, you see a brother, come talking brother. He just finished masturbating. He just finished, he's still, he's back. He's a Christian. 
but he's still battling with, with pornography. You see, you see, a sister, a young sister, teenage sister, is battling with, should I keep my boyfriend or should I have, uh, not keep my boyfriend? And there's nobody to talk to, talk to. And we're in church. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the church can really not make this need. People who are, they, someone said the church is supposed to be a hospital. It's where you come, you don't hide to your, you don't hide to your, you don't, when you get to, when you get to hospital, you don't use kids. Do you use kids? You pre- present yourself, it is doing you, 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 you do it like that. So that everybody, this is how doing this, brother. and then they attend to him. He doesn't leave that place like that. And so, you dis- we, 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 we discover that if our churches, if our spiritual gatherings cannot meet this need, where Bible said, God, please the solitary in family. What he wants, he wants to do, what he, what he really wants to do is that he, he wants to, I read that place again, he said, he place the solitary in families and give the desolate a home to dwell. He leaves prisoners out of, he leaves, prison, he leaves the prisoners out to where? To where? To the Bible said, I wish above all things that you prosper and you be in what? Good health. So, what is the idea in the mind of God for every individual Christian? That we should live, move from what? Whether prisoner of poverty, prisoner of, uh, of, of sexual vices, prisoner of sins, prisoner of this, towards to prosperity. Where we can enjoy the great that is in Christ. But how does he want to do that? Through families, not the IES that is behind it. Praise the Lord. Because sometimes a man is struggling as the boss of a, of, of, of a company and the, the secretary is trying to seek his favor and, and the, 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 the girl will wear her breast and, and come. And he's coming every day, coming to give a tea, kneeling down for a and a, 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 Daddy is struggling. And actually, mommy cannot, mommy cannot really handle that issue. And that is about to give him. We need the family of the church. We need a setting where daddy can come to and say, please. I remember when I was in the fellowship one time, there is this very wonderful elder of mine. I, 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 I love him so much. And then he was a Bible study teacher then, brother Lassis. He was a Bible study teacher then. And then we were talking. And then he went inside and came back and knelt down in front of everybody and said, please, everybody pray for me. My heart, I just don't know what is wrong with my heart. My heart is just doing anyhow, anyhow, anyhow. He, he, didn't, he, didn't talk, he didn't need to talk loud. We understand what he was talking to. When I had problems, sexual problems, it was easy for me to call him, sir. Sir, I know you are passing this thing. I am also passing through. That's what we call the church. That's a whole church. So whether we build cathedrals or we use a small church, if we don't have these settings, then we are missing. And I pray God in Jesus' name. Lastly, lastly, I want us to look at a, a discipleship model. Praise the Lord. A discipleship model. So our time is fast, and I think this is um, 5:58. Oh Lord, I don't know if we can. Well, let's just. How? This is 
Sagittarius. Star one. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes. Ah. I was thinking I was. I'll be okay. There's no problem. Praise the Lord. Next week we are going to be looking at um, uh, we are going to be looking through the discipleship model that is between Paul and um, uh, Philemon, and then we we'll look at once a slave, and then maybe we we'll start. Um, Maybe we we'll start uh, also looking at uh, no, uh, uh, the issue of slavery, then unprofitable, then we'll go into character study. But for today, I, I want to thank everybody who has joined us. I want to thank Brother, Brother Michael uh, for, for being there. I want to thank Brother Wally. Thank you very much for making it around. And everybody uh, listening to us all, all along. Don't worry if you have network problems, you are not listening very well. Don't worry. Just tell us your number. I've always tell people that um, just uh, dial, dial this number 081 I call it again 081 that number just send hi to me I will keep sending you our message it is free it's free and very soon when we also convert these things that we are saying into books we will also send it to you free of charge I pray God in Jesus name let us pray. I want to pray and talk to God and say, Lord, this matter that I've, I've listened to, let them be productive and profitable in our hearts. In the name of Jesus. We've learned about uh, respect and ethical behavior that we have to learn in the Christian dog. I want not to take people for granted. We saw that Paul did not take um, Paul did not take Philemon for granted on the matter of Simon. And then here we saw uh, again, the shops that meet in your house, and we looked at the advantages of the church in the home. These are matters I'm, I, I, I personally am not the Holy Spirit, and so I'm not given the opportunity to teach people. Uh, but we are just here to just uh, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. So pray to God like that God, these matters will be protected in my heart. Let's go pray. Father Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Brother is to stand and we are to stand to stand we ask for God in the name of Jesus. That this matters will be profitable in our hearts. In the name of Jesus. That this thing will grow and it will form edification in our hearts. In the name of Jesus. Man, they should pray the days to stand Let the age that that should pray the days to stand Oh Lord, we ask for more. Whenever we need to make amendment, Lord, you help us, Lord, in the name of Jesus, sir. To be humble enough to amen. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' name we are prayed. In Jesus' name we are prayed.